Yeah, two philosophers. For sure. Modern day philosophers. With no fucking background in philosophy whatsoever. Hey, bullshit, motherfucker. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Welcome to Wasted Content episode 83. I am Anthropos. And I am Ozymandias. And for episode 83, we have a full lineup of Alesmith Brewing Company brews, you guys. We wanted to make this an all fucking Speedway Stout episode. We've already featured Speedway Stout, so we wanted to do something. I wanted to introduce something new from Alesmith and then go on with all of our bad cells with all of our variants that we got on these West Coast. <laughs> yeah, these fucking West Coast kids got their fucking paws on some fucking Alesmith Speedway Stout variants. You bet your ass. Uh, we are going to be uh, following through for the rest of the beers with that kind of shit. For the first beer of the lineup, we have Alesmith X Alvarado Street Brewery. Now, Alvarado is from fucking Los Angeles, California, and Alesmith is East Coast, of course. So we got an East meets West doing what exactly? We got a fucking West Coast style IPA with Aussie and New Zealand hops. So we did just have some of these uh, IPAs that are taking a West Coast style and bringing um, some influence from Down Under. Right, or we had these uh, motherfuckers with uh, Paperback Brewing Company, uh, which that episode just released as well. If you're listening to this, you'll uh, be a few weeks away from that. But we just released the episode 79 with Paperback Brewing Company's um, beers. They did a couple that were this West Coast style beer with this down under ingredients. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what the fuck we got with. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I said Alesmith is uh, East Coast. Yes, you did. Yeah, fuck me. You're like um, West Coast, West Side. I, I'm this doing and that, all of West that. Coast kids. I'm doing oh, all of that. Uh, uh, yeah. Alesmith is actually East Coast. Alesmith <laughs> <laughs> um, is actually hailing from San Diego, California. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking the cradle of craft beer. Um, if I, mean, I if might I might as well say be so. east of Los Angeles, right? <laughs> <laughs> fucking a dude, forgive me, um, craft beer gods. Uh, Alesmith, San Diego, Alvarado, L.A., West Coast, full through and through, doing this West Coast style IPA with some down under ingredients. Let's get this beer poured out. Let's see what we got here, sir. This is a fucking, this is looking like a beautiful fucking IPA already. Um, I, I caught a few uh, a few whiffs of this beer while pouring it, and it's smelling super juicy already. I, I kind of really did care for what Paperback did with this style, where they introduced this, uh, 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 you know, Australian and New Zealand hop variants into the into this recipe. Yeah. Um, if I do recall correctly, I believe that we even went so far as to um, describe one of them being reminiscent of like a Pliny the Elder. I do vaguely recall that. You called it out. Yeah. And and I, I was right behind you on that one. I think using the very, uh, if I recall this correctly, they were using very uh, specific hops for every beer. 
Yes. And then when they came to, I forget which one it was. I think it was like um, uh, Jackals as parents, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, that one was like a true West Coast style. And it was just meant to be like a true single yeah. West Coast style IPA. Yep, yep. I think that was the one. And, and you said this is a little reminiscent of that. So I, I like what um, I like what they can manage with um, the introduction of these uh, different hop varietals. And I'm I'm super confident that Ale Smith and Alvarado Street Brewing Company could do something of the nature. Let's get right into this, dude. Let's get some smelling notes. Lovely, okay. It's delicate. It, it's lightly juicy, and it I don't have a lot of like floral herbaceous. Uh, danky notes that are really kind of like jumping forth. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a very delicate, sweet juiciness. Um, let's see here. Yeah, just a really lovely hop aroma. I can't really put my finger on it though. Yeah, it's definitely juicy. Like you were saying, there's a uh, light citrusy notes, uh, a little bit of vanilla, uh, maybe a little of oats, if I'm not mistaken. Could be fucking wrong. Um, but yeah, it's not that dank IPA that we're used to in the West Coast. Correct. All right, so a little off the can, uh, it says, These California bears have gone down under. We've partnered up with our buddies from Alvarado Street Brewing Company to make this bright and dry West Coast-style IPA featuring an exorbitant amount of Galaxy Vic Secret Nelson Oh, okay, that's it. And Nelson Hops. When two beloved California breweries draw inspiration from Australian and New Zealand hops, you know the cal- the collaboration has to be oh so under. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Oh so under. Yeah, that's the name of the beer, the oh so under. Oh. So apparently the logo of Alvarado Street Brewing Company is the California bear. Oh. Yeah, like on the California flag. Also. Also. Yeah, also, yeah. I thought you said also under. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, also. Like, I've oh. never heard this turn of phrase coming from the fucking people from down under. I'm actually um, pronouncing it like a fucking white guy. Yeah. Also. Also. Yeah, it's an also. Mm. <laughs> well. All right, this comes in at a 7% ABV, and we're going to get right into the tasting notes. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Very modest approach to an IPA. In terms of how in your face the the flavor profile is. This is delicate. Everything was done with such a light hand. You know, there's not this like, yeah, just fucking rip open the bag of hops and just fucking throw it in the war just fucking more hops better fuck right that's what everybody wants everybody just wants to fucking lick pine trees just fucking give them all the hops this isn't that dude this is craft this is masterful this is a recipe this was worked on there's notepads filled with fucking uh, etchings and, and sketches of what the fuck this was supposed to be and that translates on the flavor profile There's nothing like a good Nelson fucking hop. Yeah. To really bring forth that 
delicate fucking velvety hop flavor. Um, and it works beautifully with this fucking combination of other fucking hops. Uh, Galaxies, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Galaxy, Big, Big Secret. Secret. And Nelson Hops. Holy fucking shit. Um, they definitely went out and, and chose specific hops for this fucking varietal. It almost feels like it's dry hopped. It does. Um, no, no joke. Uh, no joke aside, dude. Um, you know, this is a West Coast style IPA, and you could easily fucking pass this off as an East Coast style IPA Mm -hmm. with how much juiciness and, um, how much, uh, haziness. And I know that that's like, uh, like a visual characteristic, um, that has now changed for beer. Um, hazy, I want to argue that hazy is now a fucking a texture. It is now a fucking flavor um, in the craft beer world. And this is that. It's strange. Um, w- thank you for mentioning the Nelson hops because I think that underscores the juice profile that we're, um, that we're enjoying here. Nelson has always been great to showcase stone fruit sweetness. Yep. And there's some of that imparted here. Absolutely. Um, I'm loving all the fucking citrus coming through here. It's not lingering too long because it's dry snappy. It is. Snappy and dry. Uh, But it's fuck. Holy fuck. It's not in your face. It's a very nice, chill fucking IPA. Dope. Um, Holy fuck. Yeah, I love this. Um, I want to call this sessionable. And if you try to treat this as a sessionable beer, you're gonna be um, you're gonna be tipsy before you know it. This is a seven percent ABV, beautiful um, West Coast style IPA. So um, I could certainly see myself being served this and just drinking a goddamn mug and wanting more on a hot summer's day, and then maybe about two or three mugs being like, "What the fuck were you serving me, dude?" <laughs> um, um, it's it's inoffensive. It's not this like dragging, um, taxing, bitter fucking hot bomb that stays a while. It's just really quick, bready, dry, crisp, out, and it gives you the whole experience. There's a slight bitterness that stays on the tongue afterwards, but I don't mind it at all because it's delicate. It's balanced. I do like the word you use, taxing, because a lot of the beers, a lot of the IPAs are ta- are that. Yeah. It's work to get through, <laughs> to identify the fucking, the flavors, the hops, what everything that goes into it. And this one here is just beautifully done and delicate and smooth without that fucking bites i could see myself pairing this with like a really nice um vibrant uh salad i sound like a faggot right now but like a really nice vibrant salad with like some beautiful vinaigrette notes some like tartiness to like really um cut through like some acids to cut through the sweetness um, this works as like um, a summer beer and it works as like a fucking appetizing beer as well. Um, good shit from Alesmith and Alvaro Street Brewing Company. Each of them showcasing wonderful fucking uh, beers of their own and then just coming together to uh, gift us with uh, grace us with some of this shit right mm-hmm. here. I'm ready to rate this dude. You, What you got, man? I'm going to give this uh, fuck. It's somewhere between an 8 and a 7.5. It's not the best IPA I've had. It's not the best juicy. It's not the best hazy. It's just yep. somewhere right beneath that. Um, it's a very good introduction to maybe that juicy style. For sure. 
but it's a great overall beer. The, the ABV is nothing to scoff at. Could be a little higher, maybe just a tad, but it's a great beer. Sessionable for sure. Yeah. Um, in, in its style, in the West Coast style IPA, um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm really gonna hate to be like a stickler here, but this beer really kind of comes across to me as uh, East Coast inspired. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to have told told me that it was a West Coast style IPA in, um, with some like East Coast inspiration, if you were to put that on a label on the can somewhere, um, I might be grading you a little bit higher, Alesmith. Don't get me wrong. I'm completely enjoying your beer. But when you tell me that it's a West Coast style IPA, I don't want to be a purist. This isn't a traditional West Coast style IPA. No, it's not. I don't think that you guys meant for it to be that either. But um, just just do what Paperback did. Just be like, this is a West Coast inspired with some fucking down under influence. Like, tell me that. Tell me that you're bending rules. Tell me that you're um, creating a subgenre. I respect it. You're talking to a fucking guy that listened to fucking hardcore, metalcore, fucking, um, you know, uh, uh, a deathcore, Nintendo core. I appreciate subgenres, bro. That's a lot of porn. <laughs> um, you're talking to a guy that appreciates subgenres and respects them for their nuances. So do that, guys, and then you you might be grading a little higher. But um, for me, in the West Coast style IPA category, this does come across as a seven. Um, it's respectable. It's 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 bitter enough to call it West Coast. Um, there's a very very slight lingering of hop afterwards, but um, this juiciness that is introduced from, by the Nelson is completely this like essence of New England style East Coast style hazy mm. uh, IPA. Seven for me. Seven point five for me. Fuck yeah, dude. And we are going to fucking just kick down the door and we're going to get into some Speedway Stout variants right now. Second beer in the lineup from Alesmith Brewing Company. This is a variant of the Speedway Stout. This is brewed with Mostra coffee. Mostra coffee. Mostra, by the way. Thank you for that. And coconut. Yes, sir. For this special variant of our signature Imperial Stout, we partner with our friends at Moster Coffee to add their Ghost Bear Blend Speedway Edition, which features coffee beans from Brazil, nice. Philippines, and El Salvador. Ora, watcha. Oh, it might taste like shit. Combined with <laughs> copious amounts of coconut, this beer has intense notes of chocolate, roast, dark fruit, and a touch of milky sweetness, creating a perfect decadent blend of flavors hmm this is coming in at uh sean connery makes an appearance (laughs) it's coming at a 12 percent abv holy fuck yes sir i mean you wouldn't have it any other way Mm -mm. this is the speedway stout if you're gonna make a variant of it you gotta keep it on the same level or i mean do more with it alesmith is being very modest by keeping it at 12 percent yeah. Um, um this the original Speedway Stout comes in at a 12. That's really what fucking put Alesmith on the map, you know. It was really their signature. Do they call it their signature? They do. Their signature Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. It is their signature beer, dude. It's their signature stout. Um this thing blew the fuck up on on, on our side 
when when it came out i remember like 2013 when you had a bottle of this shit um it came in in a bomber and it was a 750 milliliter bottle of speedway stout 12 percent and um i think if you were lucky you got it for like 8.99 because back in the day a fucking absolute fire bomb that was the price tag on it yeah. as opposed to like 20 to 25 dollars <laughs> nowadays and and you also felt it as such too like it was very uh, proportional fuck nine this motherfucker just dropped nine dollars on a fucking bottle of beer you <laughs> bet your ass and you were getting fire from the fucking gods yeah, so four locals are three for five bucks <laughs> right why would you spend five eight dollars on one beer right when, whenever i think of that shit four locals three for five bucks i all I, I think about like the fucking like animal planet or like discovery channel you're watching a documentary of like some snake from like the top five deadliest snakes yeah and then it's like this snake has enough venom in one bite to kill 10 adult human beings mm -hmm. i always think about the three for five for <laughs> local bro <laughs> so um ale smith's speedway stout um modestly hosts in one in one 16 ounce can enough abv to um mildly sedate a grown ass man nice moderately let's call it moderately sedate so we're gonna be going through a fucking gauntlet of three more uh or i'm sorry two more after yeah. this one three in total it's either sedate him or convince him to do something stupid <laughs> no in between yeah, Lam, yeah we're gonna find out which one it is here um i i am actually gonna mention this um i want to mention this i'm excited to have this because I don't know of any other person um, that is as excited for anything Mostra coffee, Mostra coffee, Mostra, um, than you, dude. Like, uh, legitimately, I don't know anyone else who is as a big fan of coffee and stout in the same fucking recipe. And especially when you invoke somebody f uh, like Mostra, like, dude, you're like fucking, I, I know you hold these guys up high. Fuck yeah. So um, I'm really excited to share this experience with you. Um, you. What do you say we get this poured out, man? Let's get this poured out. Let's do the damn thing. We have this poured out. This head is fucking incredible here. It's phenomenal. Sustaining. It's just thick, fucking frothy head. It looked like someone put a dollop of fuck dollop of whipped cream right on fucking top, but like a chocolate mousse, even. It definitely, yes. A chocolate mousse. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It looks like it looks like you could top what this head, you can top a fine dessert. With yeah. this, you could scrape this off of the top of the beer pour and then top. That's a fucking great idea, by the way, actually. I actually might steal that right now. Ozymandias, thank you for mentioning that because... Like booze in like toppings? Um, I mean, like just legitimately like pouring this as a beer to pair with a, a, a fine chocolatey dessert. Like scoop the head after you serve the beer and top it instead of like a chocolate mousse top it with this it, this has so much retaining power in it that it would stay like it would stay mm -hmm. it, it has the staying power this is what i'm trying to say yeah i think you could do it 
I think he meant like bu- um, uh, beer infused like moose. Uh, kind of like they do gummy bears with vodka and shit. I'm sure that you can do that as well. Fuck yeah. Fuck. I'm sure. And then if you were going to do it, why not do it with something very finely crafted? Exactly. Right. Um, I mean, what else? What other introduction can we have for the speed uh. stout variant? <laughs> Only thing I want to mention about this is the fact that just the f- just the fact that we have our hands on this is incredible. Um, this is right, something thanks. That, thanks, that, dude. that th- thanks. this this is something that's um, if you want this, you're gonna have to go to San Diego, California, and you're gonna have to sit in the tap room for variants of this shit. So thank you, Ale Smith, for making some of your variants available in a can. And, um, like, sharing that with the rest of the fucking West Coast here. Mostra Coffee. Mostra. Speedway Stout. Whew. Smelling notes? Oh, God. Dark cacao nib. Dark roasted cacao nib. Oof. Something else here I can't put my fucking finger on um some really really dark toasted malt the coffee is jumping out of the glass for me but it's doing so in in such a light way that it kind of seems latte-esque it doesn't seem it doesn't seem uh like a dark roast coffee like a black Mm -hmm. coffee it's it's coming across a little bit more of like this like creamy latte kind of uh, deal. The coffee note, fruit, fruit, fruit. Every way through, every fucking portion of this is. It smells like fucking fruit. It smells almost like a fucking ponche. Nice. Okay. If you're not familiar with ponche, it's a fucking. Dessert type drink made for the holidays and like Correct. Mexican Latino culture. Yes. Um, usually made with some dark fruits. Fuck. I don't even know. Holy fuck. There's like so much going on here. <clears throat> Very complex. The coconut hasn't really jumped out of the glass to introduce itself just yet. Mm-mm. But um, I'm identifying like all of these like sweet, um, dark uh aged fruit notes fermented fruit notes um i got a little bit of this like latte kind of character yep and i have just like big punchy roasty toasty malt see what we got here let's do a damn thing cheers cheers sir Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I was about to take another sip and the beer's evolving actually. So I'm I'm actually refraining I'm refraining from another sip because I'm I'm feeling the beer evolve. Yeah, I just took another one immediately. Hmm. Ah, hello Mostra, my old friend. <laughs> I think it's appropriate to say hello darkness my old friend. Yes. Fuck yeah. 
That's pretty good, dude. The coconut in this has actually been introduced in such a way that it's coming across very much, uh, I'm sorry, much, much less of like a coconut water, more like the meat of the coconut. Mm -hmm. There's just this like super like sweet, milky, creamy coconut essence that's interwoven with everything else that's happening here it's kind of like setting this foundation for everything to bounce across and it's it's really imparting this kind of like a milk stout quality to this i think you hit it right on the fucking head dude about that coconut meat because it's imparting some fat here for it, sure. It feels, it makes the beer feel like a fucking bottle of oil. Kind of. <laughs> Coconut oil. Yeah. But like a good fucking version of it. It's not fucking oily and like sticky or anything. It's just, there's something there about the coconut that's making this, it ties everything so fucking beautifully together. Yes. Like it, it almost feels like adding a fucking cream to a dark roasted coffee. Where, you know, you just have just enough fucking cream. and um, Holy fuck. Full transparency. Um, I enjoyed this when I saw it hit the fucking shelf. I saw this thing hit the shelf about nine months ago, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw it and I knew immediately that it was going to have to be worked into a lineup. But I also knew that I had to fucking try it. I had to fucking enjoy it. And full transparency. I I actually didn't catch any coconut. There was so much punchy fucking roasted malt and so much coffee in there that it, it, it was loud. And I couldn't fucking hear any coconut, dude. Um... There was zero coconut, and that made me disappointed in the beer. And I actually included it as the first variant because I remembered that. The other two variants, um, I haven't tried, but I did try this one, and and I just wanted to kind of put it up front because I wanted to us, I wanted, I wanted to give us an opportunity to be critical about Alesmith's variants on Speedway style. And kind of like challenge them for, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it? You know, venturing from a perfect recipe. You had a fucking perfect recipe, <laughs> motherfuckers. Why would you don't fix something that's not don't fix it if it ain't broken? Yeah. Right. Nine months into it, approximately. Everything is rounded out. And this is insane, dude. <laughs> I, I taste coconut meat, whereas nine months ago, um, I had no coconut to speak of. Mm-hmm. It was just fucking boom, fucking um, right jab of um, roasted malt and an uppercut of fucking coffee, of monster coffee. If anyone's going to give you an uppercut of coffee, it's going to be Mostra. Mostra, for sure. I'm glad we're, we're visiting this when we are. 
because I'm catching the nuances that A.O. Smith was going for. The first thing on their label says rich. And God damn is this fucking rich. You have all the fucking fruits here. You have the fucking coconuts. The fucking coffee, the malt, the roasty fucking beautiful fucking cornucopia of a fucking stout. On top of the Speedway stout. Holy fuck, dude. I don't know what else to say about the, about this fucking beer. Um, This is, a, this is actually lovely. I'm going to um, make sure that we look out for these things, these notes. Um, they do have, uh, pairs well with, you know, it says, you know, it's, it's, it's telling you where, how you should serve it, what temperature you should serve it, what you should pair it with and its origin. It's saying it pairs well with banana bread. Banana bread. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) I can just imagine, you know, those are two very, um, tropical flavors. And I, I could just imagine the fucking mind fuck that would happen if I'm enjoying this with the banana bread. Um, I'm going to um, do uh, I'm going to take Ale Smith um, up a notch. I'm going to I'm going to recommend uh, like a banana uh, cream pudding um, for this. Um, I want something that's going to uh, really withstand the amount of punchy, bitter flavor that is coming from the roasted malt and the big 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 uh hop backbone that was necessary in order to hold up a 12 percent stout and say if you put this shit um next to uh, a banana pudding with some uh nilla wafers in that shit hey you guys have a fucking party man (laughs) yeah this thing is a fucking party for the taste buds uh as it stands Mostro coffee, coconut in the Speedway stout. Um, lovely. If you get your hands on this, make sure that you uh, set it off to the side for, a, for <laughs> yeah. a while. Let everything round out. I have a rating, but I want to hear what you have. For Alesmith's Speedway Stout, Mostra Coffee, Coconut Variant. Motherfuck. It's really hard, dude. (laughs) 9.5. I want to give them a 10 because... What kept them from the 10? That's the part that's really hard. I'm trying to look. I'm, I'm like... I'm like looking through like my craft beer fucking knowledge just the same way that you're looking frantically for your keys before you fucking leave and you're already late for work. That's what I'm looking for to get them to attend. I'm just frantically looking through my mind's reserves (laughs) to like try to figure out how the fuck you could possibly because I'm going to ask for more ABV. You're already at a 12. I'm going to ask for more fucking um, adjuncts and you've you've already pronounced them all in your beer. You've done the fucking base beer a fucking great service. Um, 
Hey, Anthropos, here's, here's the tent for you. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I found your keys. They're in my fucking hand. Dude. It's not artificial coconuts. Yeah, dude. Yes. It's yeah. not artificial coconut. Every time I hear coconut in a fucking beer, my stomach just curls up. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, it's going to be this fucking artificial fucking milky or whatever the fuck the, the stupid candy bar with the coconut is. Um, Mounds. Mounds. Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Yeah. Yeah, that one. It's yeah. not that artificial bullshit coconut that yeah. everyone gives you in a fucking beer <coughs> or chocolate for that matter. It's just this beautiful, meaty, fucking natural coconut flavor. It is. It is. Yeah. This is a 10 for me. Fuck. All right. Um, I, I think that note is gonna is gonna make me really just cave in uh, and go 10. Um I, you know, it, it was called out and it was <clears throat> this this isn't coconut water. It's not artificial coconut. Um they pureed coconut meat into this. Fuck. I don't know. No question about it. Yeah. Or they found somebody that has artificially produced <laughs> the flavor of uh, pureed coconut meat. Right. And uh, regardless of which route they took, you nailed it in the flavor profile. It's there, dude. It's a 10, dude. It's a 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Thanks for talking me off that ledge, man. <laughs> I, was, I was fucking flipping over mattresses and fucking seat cushions in my mind. Yeah. And... <clears throat> that really drives it home it's it, it's it's um respecting the fucking audience by <clears throat> including an adjunct wholeheartedly with a fucking uh focus on uh crafting with natural ingredients it's respect i, I feel respected as a consumer when you hit me with like guava fucking like all passion fruit and all this and then it tastes like a fucking lollipop. Yeah. Um, I feel disrespected as a consumer and Ale Smith isn't doing that to us. So I think I think we're uh, 10 across the board for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 10 across the board. Good shit, dude. We're going to open up to the first topic of today's podcast. So at the time of this recording, we are just in the wake of celebrating a national holiday. So I want to say to you, Ozymandias, happy Twin Towers Day, bro. That's not <laughs> what it is. <laughs> happy 9-11, bro. Well, a little closer. <laughs> Just drop a few adjectives there. Um, 20 years, bro. Can you believe it? Um, No. 20 years. No. It, it makes me feel old. It, we are. And it makes me remember how old I am. And um, it also makes you never forget how old you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and there's a constant reminder of how old I am every September. <laughs> forget my birthday. It's every fucking September. <laughs> Comes around and it's just like, hey, remember how old you are. And uh, this could have been you, asshole. Your generation is defined by a national tragedy, bro. Uh, to a certain extent. To a certain well, extent. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, well, you know, I, I feel like our generation <clears throat> was defined by social media, but okay. <laughs> no shit, man. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Um, but also kind of this. 
and um you know i i, I really want to I, I guess what i want to bring as our, our first topic for today is september 12th because september 12 2001 uh was uh, a a day that is going to be for forever ingrained in my mind um a lot of people you're going to see a lot of social media posts about september 11th for sure you're going to hear a lot of people talking about that day absolutely for sure you're going to see flags and patriotism um galore and the most defining moment for me about um uh, regarding that that national tragedy which it was is um the next day it was waking up and dressing up for school and going out into the world that was now in the midst of a national tragedy and was um not um recovering quite yet just trying to figure out how the fuck to deal with this and everybody um out there had that written all over their face and there was this um cloud of empathy and compassion and love and brotherhood and neighborliness and kindness and, and caring and it was incredible it was incredible it was powerful it was palpable it was tangible you could fucking cut it with a knife mm-hmm. you know like they say like you could cut the tension in the room with a knife no motherfucker september 12 2001 you could cut uh compassion with a knife in the air and everyone just seemed to be a little nicer with each other everyone seemed to be a little more more understanding and and um it was it was awesome and um i bring this i bring this as a topic because you know overarching uh sense i want to talk about how it really does seem like we are uh, absolutely fucking bound to only appreciating each other and what we have in the midst of loss it seems like the only time that we have a meaning and fulfillment and um satisfaction and appreciation is uh in the midst of loss (laughs) uh you don't know what you have until you until you don't have it or some bullshit Mm -hmm. you don't know what you got until it's gone that's the one yeah and um there was this like very very uh palpable sense of togetherness in the midst of a tragedy and it seems like um a lot of our life and a lot of our life's lessons and uh the things that really fucking um whittle our character uh throughout our life experience seems to come in the midst of heartbreak chaos tragedy you know um that's the overarching theme for this go ahead how are you not more patriotic hey that's the one like um you're you're talking about this event and the day after this event and how this we were young at the time no we were like fucking what 12 or something um seventh eighth grade yeah we're about 12 or something somewhere in somewhere in there um and how you're you're talking about this event and how it was a defining event in our fucking in our generation, and we only grow through 
catastrophe. Yeah. How are you not more patriotic? If this is the case, you should be way more patriotic than you actually are. You should like have taken this event and like really, really fucking molded you into the person you are today, which I'm not saying it didn't. It probably it did for sure. It did. It had an effect on everybody's lives. Um, the constant fucking barrage of fucking reminders every fucking year <laughs> for sure. Um, but how are you not more patriotic if that's the case? Uh, I, I actually wasn't patriotic to begin with at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I have mentioned on the pad- podcast previously is um, I, I was raised Jehovah's Witness yeah. and Jehovah's Witness totally told you to not be patriotic. They told you that being patriotic was um, it was uh, unsightly because you're it, you're all brothers. So what the fuck is all the fighting for? What is all the the divisiveness and and division for so um you know even from the age of like seven eight years old i was encouraged to not participate in the fucking pledge of allegiance and i didn't and i saw merit in it and i actually that's probably one of the only tenets of those teachings that i still carry to this date what yeah absolutely what I, i do um, it's one of the only tenants that I carry with me. I left that behind. Yeah. Um, you know, I've said also on the podcast when I re- reached the age of reason, which was probably like 11 or 12 years old, um, I decided to leave that behind me. But there was a few things that carried over. And this seemed like an idea that I could really fucking Ugh. carry with me. Yeah, your fucking was, baggage. Yeah. It was it was in, a, in my bag of believies. It mm-hmm. was in my hobo bag of believies. And it remains as such as. Just this, like, fucking, what the fuck is all the fucking division for? Mm-hmm. I am not patriotic for it because although I do identify the fact that a lot of the compassion and empathy that came from this event was rooted in this, um, I feel that that it was more honestly rooted in community. It was in the realization of um, your fucking, your neighbor <laughs> is the guy that is going to fucking um, be there when, yeah. when shit goes down, when, when shit happens in, in, in our neck of the woods, which, which, which thankfully and like luxuriously, it hasn't. What is patriotism other than community at a grander scale? Um, I think that it's community um, to a fucking um, gross uh, what? misunderstanding. I think that I think that it's community to like a fucking exaggeration. It That's identifies I, who we are as a people. Yeah, patriotism. You know, like this <clears throat> this concept of like pledging. Well, you know, we kind of like it's a later topic, but pledging allegiance to some some sort of like symbol, which is what represents us as a community is very fucking important. And especially in a time of a catastrophe like that, it brought people together because there was a fucking sudden realization that we're all in this together. And it, it's not tomorrow's not fucking granted for sure. So like the best thing you can fucking do as a community is be kind to be fuck to each other. And that's what you saw. September 12th was everybody realizing we're all in this together. 
uh i i wish i wish that that's the way it worked um everybody realizing we're all in this together um that would completely obliterate patriotism actually um that's a counter argument for patriotism what do you mean um it's exactly a fucking counter thesis for okay sorry we're all in this together as americans (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's tricky um, I like it. I, I really like the argument because it really forces me into a corner. And I feel I feel like I have to argue my way out of the corner. Um, I'm talking about my community, right? I'm automatically invoking tribalism because my community is different than yours. You're talking to a fucking person that um, really disagrees with like federal fucking restrictions and federal government. Um, I'm a lot more about um, state and city governance. I'm a little bit more um, inclined to side on the fucking uh, air on the side of you're trying to fucking impose things that work for everybody across this beautiful fucking country that is so diverse, so diversified. So hey, um, you started like our fucking forefathers. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it was about individual state rights. Correct. Correct. Um, And, 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 and it kind of collapses in on itself with this tribalistic fucking um, view. It's, um, you know, I want to be together, but I also want to be together in the sense where it's like the people that understand my exact situation, my exact plight, my exact challenges. I mean, you can like, okay. So you can subdivide and create these different segments of community if you want. Um, I think this is the case that's currently going on with the fucking LGBTQ. The alphabet people, as Dave Chappelle calls them. Yeah. You know, there's never enough inclusiveness because there's always another segment that you don't include in this division of fucking people and creating this, this like tribalism. Um, um, Patriotism, on the other hand, takes all these cultures and unifies them under one fucking symbol, which is the United States of America, right? Correct. Um, So instead of looking at it as a tribalistic thing, it's more of a unification of all these fucking tribes to stand together. This gives you an identity to stand together with. Um, At some point, um, I like... I think a while back ago, we were talking about aliens and um, that the only way that the world is going to come together is we're attacked by fucking aliens and then it's going to be Earth against the fucking aliens. And then a common we, have, enemy. we have a fucking common enemy. Yeah, right. for sure. So patriotism is necessarily that it's just we come together as a fucking nation and we have this common enemy that attacked us recently. Um, I, I think I think where that fell apart for me was, um, you know, it was certainly a, de- a defining moment uh, for many aspects. Uh, one of them being patriotism, exactly. And I I I, I had to sit, I had to stand by and see the response of our country, and our response was um, first first it was to sit idly by. Because, because you happen to be reading a fucking child's uh, book 
to a fucking classroom of like 14 kids. <laughs> like that was the first response. It was to sit idly by as you have secret service whispering into your ear <laughs> that there's a national tragedy occurring at the moment. Yeah. And then to see this like fucking like haphazard slapstick fucking response. Okay. Right? I mean, we're we're we are we, we we've touched on this subject for the but past like two or three episodes. I think you're misconstruing two things. Uh, the response from our government and patriotism is two different things. You can love your country and hate the government. That's fair. That's fair. You um, know, uh, that's the beautiful thing of the fucking United States is it was built on a fucking detachment from the current government and people in control, and it gives us a liberty to fight the government if we are not happy with it. Correct. Yeah. yeah. A right to bear arms kind of falls right Fuck. into place with that, right? Um, I like that. I like that very much. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to give you this one because you're absolutely right. Um, there's a there's a sentiment that's best expressed by one of my like uh, I consider him an idol, um, Immortal Technique. In one of his songs, he has a line where he says, um, "I I love the I love the place I live in." I just hate the people in charge. <laughs> yeah. And I think that kind of really encapsulates this like separation between patriotism and like standing behind the decisions of your government. Right. Um, fuck. I, I find that really hard to argue with in that light. And um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be fucking, uh, I'm probably going to be stumbling to uh, justify my sentiment <laughs> after that. Actually. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, fuck. Because again, uh, I'm as patriotic as the next guy. I love this fucking country. I love the place we live in. I I am grateful for the fucking liberty we have. And uh, if 9/11 did anything, was open your open my eyes to the rest of the world and realize that the rest of the world doesn't live the way we do. And it's a lot of envy, a lot of um, fucking whatever the fuck it is moral grandstanding against the united states um but the government doesn't represent us necessarily it, i don't think it ever has the idea was representation through the government right but ultimately it's just a bunch of rich fucks fucking making decisions for us correct and that, i don't think that's <clears throat> patriotism i don't think i think distrust of our government is what's patriotic about this country um the unification of a fucking people is what's patriotic. It's not necessarily fucking gun ho. Yeah, fucking Republicans or Democrats or whatever the fuck tribal side you land on. Uh, it's more of a gratitude towards what this nation was built upon, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, really hard to argue against, actually. Um, I didn't foresee that. I, I didn't. I didn't really. Uh, I didn't prepare for that really. Um, but uh, I'd say that maybe um, I've misconstrued that. I've misconstrued the 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 separation between the ideology of um, loving the country that I live in for the principles that were built that it was built upon, um, as opposed to the way that it's managed, right? Mm -hmm. Like a company, like you can totally love a company for it's, uh, uh, what the fuck is it? It's, uh, 
mission statement. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then the CEO could be worth a dick. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's really hard to challenge, my dude. And um, I, I can tell you that um, during that time, uh, I did feel I did feel um, let, let's go ahead and categorize it as patriotic. Um, even at that young age, I, I got this sense of togetherness. And um, really, like, like I mentioned at the top of this, it was it was less about um coming together over uh political differences it was more about coming together as people uh experiencing grief right right it was it was just um it was just people grieving together yeah yeah it was people grieving innocence together it was people grieving um the exact extent of human uh atrocity that can be uh uh delved out even even at um it's uh even at our technological fucking prominence <coughs> you know you can still fucking kick goliath in the fucking shin you yeah can, you can I still you can still do that i've had this argument with our friend anakin a couple times um, and it's really evoking a lot of like Jordan Peterson stuff. Um, aside from cleaning your room, <laughs> it's nice. What we lack is community currently as a nation. Um, and you can see that in the desperation in the fucking streets yeah, where people will fucking stand behind any fucking flag just to feel like they're fucking part of something. Oh, shit. And then there's this. On the other side of it, there's this dismantling of the United States as a fucking ideal and fucking ridiculing people who are pledging allegiance to this fucking flag at the same time riding on the fucking streets, flying under another fucking flag, a fucking snake or a fucking sickle or a fucking rainbow, whatever the fuck it is. These people are fucking desperate to stand behind something. And it's community. I think uh, ultimately it's community. And we're lacking that. We're lacking that from the fucking get-go. Like, this dismantling of the United States and the, the ideal of the United States and, like, getting rid of rid of the pledge in, pledge in our fucking school system. Getting rid of, like, any ideal of patriotism and looking at, it, looking at it as tribalism and beneath you because you're a human being and, like, biology and this and that and science. <laughs> it's... I don't know. I, I think we're missing a big part of the evolution, which is community and community as together as we are as the United States is patriotism. Yeah. It really seemed to be like uh, a blanket that was tossed over us for a very short while. Um, I enjoyed it while it happened. And then um, I slowly start to, I slowly started to see it come apart at the seams and just unravel into the fucking, um, everyday fucking mediocrity that yeah. is um, regular fucking goddamn life. It was awful. It was it was great to see it um, come into prominence and have everybody fucking kind of like right there and and be um, with each other on the same wavelength and then just kind of uh, give way to this right. divisiveness, division, this fucking like everything that is different 
from you and I uh, continuing to separate us and allowing whatever fucking prominent fucking uh, uh, group that's in control to continue to uh, do what they do and profit and uh, uh, control, right? The best way to fucking conquer a nation is to divide it. Correct. And this postmodernistic bullshit is doing fucking wonders in dividing us. You know, it started with Bush uh, distrusting your government, right? We're all patriots for a brief moment in time. And then you realize the fucking hypocrisy of our fucking government. It's like, oh shit, this is kind of what? This could have been staged, right? That was could have been first an inside job. Fucking step was the distrust was like this is an inside job. Nine <laughs> eleven. There was bombs in the fucking the basement of the fucking towers. Yeah. Right. And then you you start instilling this in generations and generations and more generations of people about distrusting your government and government equals patriotism and like you're confusing the fucking two. Everybody's fucking. Everybody's caught up in this and like confusing the fucking two. It's just, it's two separate things. You can be fucking happy and pow- and and uh, prideful of the place you come from, and at the same time, not really agree with everything that's going on with the people in power. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and seed my argument on that point, mm-hmm. and and really say that, um, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, there was uh, very much a, a, a very lively scent, uh, scent, uh, sentiment of uh, patriotism that I don't know that we've ever captured it ever again. And I don't know that we'll ever capture it again unless there is another Yikes. fucking atrocity. The next one. Yeah. The next one. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, fucking hell, dude. Uh, I, I, w- I want to I wanna go ahead and say that... Uh, we're done with this topic, but <laughs> sure. I, f- I have a feeling we're not. Um, either way, we're gonna go into the second variant of the Speedway style. Third beer in the lineup. Let's do that. For the third beer in the lineup, this is gonna be yet again another variant of the Speedway style. This one is gonna be espresso and madagascar vanilla bean. nice touch dude madagascar van- vanilla bean is gonna pair wonderfully with these big beautiful boasty roasty notes and this um coffee essence that is expected out of the speedway sound let's see if we have anything here from alesmith and of course we do it says for this special edition of our signature imperial style we use tons of Madagascar vanilla and a bold espresso blend to give the beer intense notes of chocolate, coffee, vanilla, and dark fruit. I wouldn't expect anything other, right? It continues. These rich and complex ingredients balance the roasted complexity of the beer, creating excuse me, creating the perfect blend of flavor. This should be served in a goblet between 50 and 55 degrees it pairs well with creamy blue cheeses i don't know about all that noise bro you like blue cheese i don't like blue cheese bro blue cheese or go fuck your mother (laughs) words of mr joey diaz bro 
<laughs> don't, don't try to bring any fucking wrench to Joey Diaz, bro. <laughs> Blue cheese and go oh, fuck, fuck your, your mother. mother. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Um, I mean, we have Ale Smith's Speedway Stout in front of us. With just a touch of Madagascar vanilla. A little bit of espresso. You know, going to be modest about it. Bro, m- there's nothing modest about Madagascar vanilla and espresso. <laughs> yeah. Both of those things do the fuck out of their flavor profile. Exactly. So we're going to go ahead and crack open this beer. Get into some smiling notes. And see what the fuck this is about. Let's do it. Third beer lineup is. <laughs> Thank you for the cue. Third beer lineup is poured out. We have the Speedway Stout, Espresso, Madagascar Vanilla Beans. We already did the reading off the can. This is a 12% or ABV. So I just want to get some smelling notes. I want to catch this espresso and vanilla bean on the nose. Let's see what we got, man. Oh, shit. I'm already catching vanilla. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely predominantly on the nose. A ton, a metric fuck ton of <laughs> vanilla. Holy shit. This, this rendition of the Speedway Stout smells amazing. The addition of this adjunct of the Madagascar vanilla bean was not done lightly. It was it was done um heavy-handedly uh and and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just that's what's jumping out of the glass let's see what we got here fucking a let's get right into it man cheers cheers oh oof 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 the whole way down huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Vanilla all the way down. <laughs> uh, vanilla espresso roast, beautifully fucking just, ugh, this beautiful combination of both, of all three actually both, um, and then somehow still the speedway stout. I don't know how the fuck they're doing this. Yeah, dude. Um, fuck me. If if you were to go, if I were to go back in time, and pour this out for myself. Uh, 10 years ago, I would not believe where the Speedway Stout has uh, come. This is a, an insane addition to a recipe that is already a 10 out of 10. Yep. Jesus. Like, how do you make something that's um, quite perfected a style in its own right better? And this addition of the adjuncts has really brought it up to the next level, dude. Um, It really seems like the vanilla coats your tongue on its first presence, and then it follows all the way down through the esophagus. I feel myself tasting vanilla with my fucking um, intestines, even. You know? Like, it's just giving me that impression of big, boastful, um, creamy vanilla through and through. There is so much vanilla in this. It almost feels like a milk stout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's creaminess. It's fucking just this beautiful fucking body coming from this fucking beer is evocative of a fucking milk stout. Uh, the espresso and this is fucking beautifully fucking done. It's not overpowering the beer whatsoever. Not at all. It's not in your face. It's not anything of the sort. It's just beautiful, light fucking roast espresso. Holy fuck, dude. I don't know how the fuck they managed to get this 10 rating from us and be like, here's more. Yeah. Because yeah. the Speedway style, as I recall, was a fucking 10 from us. Absolutely. Yes, it was. And they're like, oh, yeah, assholes. You think that was it? <laughs> no here's more yeah fuck me ah fucking a um okay so you have a 12 percent imperial stout it's already a great fucking stout in its own right Mm -hmm. and then you introduce the adjunct of an espresso which really brings forth those roasty notes right it's accentuating the roasted malt and the coffee character that's expected from the Speedway Stout, just accentuating it, adding a little bit more of a fucking uh, big, boastful character <clears throat> to the notes that we're expecting, and then just coated with that vanilla. Um, you, you're you're saying it brings that like milk stout essence to it. Um, this is now the second beer or the second variant of the Speedway Stout that has used a, an adjunct to introduce milkiness to it. Yep. It hasn't used lactose. So first we had coconut meat. If if we're if we're um you know worth the fuck in <laughs> in our tasting notes, uh, we had coconut cream bringing forth this like milkiness here here we have madagascar vanilla bringing forth milkiness adding to this like creamy sweet texture and and flavor profile and just really giving everything a big like like roasty latte kind of feel to it yep this is like a vanilla latte Mm -hmm. at the end of the day if you want a vanilla latte with the fucking alcohol in it if you want to start your day off with a banger holy fuck if you want a vanilla latte worth the fuck (laughs) alesmith is the way to go alesmith when the fuck are you going to open up your coffee house (laughs) because legit i want to start my day off with something like this right I want to start my day off with like beautiful, smoky, roasty um, coffee notes and this like luxurious vanilla. It is luxurious vanilla. Um, if this was like uh, plated like a dessert, it would be worthy of um, like, you know, like five star dining. It, it, it's an incredible flavor profile. And you have to experience this um, as a craft beer connoisseur. Um, as anyone who can appreciate anything worth a fuck and uh, anything culinary, this is an experience. It absolutely is. Um, I don't know how the fuck they managed. Again, I'm going to repeat this one more time. I don't know how they managed to get a 10 out of 10 from us and then add way more to it. Like usually we're begging these beers to fucking add more. Yeah. And then I think Ailsmith has been listening to our 
fucking podcast. I think so, bro. Because I think so. Holy fuck. <laughs> you put on your label, give it to us in the can. Sure enough, they're doing that every fucking step of the way with the fucking the predecessor to this uh, with the Moster coffee and the fucking coconut. And now this, these guys are blowing me out of the fucking water right now. Um, I, I'm not sure that they're, that Aosmith is going to get enough credit throughout this series of variants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually afraid that they're not going to get enough credit because, um, you know, in, in watching, um, I mean, you know, it, it's going to come across a lot more often uh, moving forward. But I, I, I got like a little bit of fucking, you know, I, I, I got a little, I've been bitten. I've been bitten by the culinary world and I, I want to explore it more and I'm becoming passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And I really love that craft beer has opened the door for that. Um, earlier off the mic, Ozymandias, you mentioned that um, it's incredible that this project has opened us up to so many different things. Aside from beer. Aside from alcoholism, (laughs) we have actually like transcended into um, so many different aspects of uh, arts, maybe arts that are not even uh, recognized classically, but, um, you know, fucking just a few to mention, uh, culinary being one of them, um, you know, uh, fucking uh, woodworking being another one of them. Um, we've been able to be exposed to so many different aspects of things that are crafted. I think, you know, forget art. Mm-hmm. Um, think about craft. Think about craftsmanship. Think about blood, sweat, and tweet, blood, sweat, and tears going into something that you're proud to present. Um, yeah, something you usually find apprenticeship under. And I feel like mm-hmm. we've become apprenticed to all these different forms of art. Yeah. Uh, we're not experts. Not quite yet. Um, not by but any extent. opening doors for us that I didn't think were there before. It's incredible. It really is incredible. With that said, Ale Smith is, I feel, I fear not getting enough credit for this because... They are um, effectively solving a problem that uh, a chef would encounter. It was, um, or it is, I don't have this adjunct available to me. How do I solve that problem? Right. Um, I'm quite sure that Aosmith does not have any problem getting their hands on lactose. Yeah, no. But they've decided to create a problem for themselves where can we add creaminess where can we add like this like sultry sweetness um it's not for a lack of the um ingredient that would make it easy for them they have um proposed a challenge for themselves how can we incorporate that using other adjuncts um coconut meat and madagascar vanilla have accomplished that feat and they've done so masterfully, craftfully. Um, I've got a rating for this already. I want to hear what you got, man. <laughs> you know it's a 10 already. <laughs> you know it's a fucking 10. The, I love fucking vanilla. If, like you asked me 
fucking chocolate or vanilla ice cream, it's always fucking vanilla. Right. Uh, fuck chocolate, but well, also I love chocolate. Um, but if I have to choose, it's vanilla. This is incredible. It's vanilla all the way down. Yeah. Um, from the fucking opening note, from the smelling note, to the whole fucking evolution of this fucking beer, you're you're getting vanilla every step of the fucking way. It's incredible what they've done here. They definitely evoke some like creamy milkiness from the vanilla that is usually not present anywhere else. Uh, certainly. I I I don't know that I I don't know that I've ever had another beer that's incorporated Madagascar vanilla bean mm-hmm. into it that has encapsulated that flavor profile. Um, I've had hints of it. I've had like, oh yeah, okay, I could yeah. um maybe if like when you're searching for it, I could fucking um, um, uh. no. This thing is absolutely Madagascar vanilla through and through. Yep. From the fucking moment it hits your tongue to the very last drop, Ale Smith has got a 10 for me. Um, I feel like these motherfuckers are coming at their beer recipes like a Michelin star chef, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're doing well. Absolutely. 10 for me? 10 for me. Let's open up to the second topic of today's podcast. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I've brought this up on the podcast a couple times. I am the bearer of bad news. I quite enjoy you for that. Do actually. You? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a here's a here's some insight and some news for you. Yes. Guess what? Not everybody wants to fuck you. I was totally under the impression that everybody wants to no, fuck no, me. No, 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 no. Not uh, everybody uh, wants uh, to uh, fuck uh, you. Uh, uh, As a matter of fact, it's probably a very small percentage of people that actually want to fuck you. As a matter of fact, I craft all of my dialogue according to the idea that everyone wants to fuck yeah, me. Yeah, that's the problem there. <laughs> You're not the only one that crafts their dialogue around people wanting uh, the assumption that people want to fuck them all the fucking time. I'm fucking sick and tired of having a fucking conversation with anybody and yes. then being interrupted mid-conversation with this fucking non-sequitur bullshit of, oh, my husband this, or my boyfriend that, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, like, no shit. I didn't fucking ask. We were talking about fucking the fucking menu at this fucking restaurant, bitch. <laughs> my husband likes the chicken sandwich. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> First off, I was not fucking flirting with you <laughs> i wasn't be, trying to fuck uh, with you i was fucking having a fucking conversation with another fucking human being or so you thought or, or so you or so thought. thought or so yeah <laughs> yeah until like my husband <laughs> oh shit okay first off you're not that fucking good looking <laughs> i'm just gonna put that out there you're not that fucking good looking. You need to fucking relax, get off your fucking high horse, and stop thinking that everybody and everything wants to fuck you because it's not fucking true. I know television and fucking everything around you right now is revolving around fucking sex and men being fucking predators all the fucking time. Guess what, bitch? You're fucking ugly. I do not want to fuck you. 
I'm being a fucking decent human being and opening up a fucking conversation to this fucking quasimodo looking bitch at the fucking restaurant saying, how's your day going? Oh, you work for Uber? That's cool. I actually don't give a fuck because this is the same thing as asking how the fucking weather's like. Or, hey, it's raining outside, huh? Hey, it's really coming down. I'm not trying to fuck you. Stop interrupting this conversation with your husband is this or your husband is that or your boyfriend oh, is this or your... This is actually my husband's favorite weather, actually. Right. Whenever the, it's raining, <laughs> like he likes to take me over to have some tomato bisque soup. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares, dude. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Dude, the fucking most atrocious version of this to me is... Like men who feel it necessary. Men do to, this? Yeah, men do this. Man, I, this is okay, the most women. <laughs> <laughs> men do this? Yeah, men do this too. And this is the more the, the more fucking scathing one for me. It was it's the fucking guys that feel it necessary to do the whole well, my wife. Well, my wife. Like who the fuck are you, Borat? My wife. My wife. My wife. Every single fucking male that insists on invoking his fucking romantic heterosexual partner just gotta be. Yeah, I don't want to think about you having sex or procreating, actually. I mean, that has nothing to do with the conversation, bro. Like, legitimately, every single fucking time, it's a fucking man that I'm talking to. And it's just, um, my wife, my wife, it's, Mm. that's all I hear. Actually, it doesn't matter how you pronounce it ever. That's how I hear it. That's the way that it comes out of your fucking hole in your face. It sounds like that every single fucking time. I I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Actually, if anybody gives a fuck, they give a fuck in the moment. Looking at the fucking um, just uh, 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 how can I put this? If anybody gives a fuck, it's looking at the fucking unfortunate amalgamation of genetics that is standing before them trying fucking helplessly to connect with a fucking version of themselves. Yes. Okay? Okay? Specifically the version of themselves, right? (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Can you fucking respect that just for a second and not invoke other human beings? I'm trying to connect with you, asshole. Yeah. I'm trying to be a human being. I'm trying to be compassionate. I'm, I'm not even not even that. I'm I'm not even trying to connect with you. I'm just trying to have a fucking conversation about the fucking weather, dude, or the fucking tacos. It's September twelfth. It is at it's a September fucking 12th. very surface fucking level. I don't care if you procreate. I'd actually prefer that you don't, because yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Based on the fucking. Five minute conversation that we have already deduced that you're a fucking moron and you shouldn't procreate, <laughs> and that you've managed to find some other fucking moron to procreate with. They and like create you. offspring <laughs> with you out of sheer fucking compulsion because there's no way this motherfucker planned to fuck you. He probably fucked you, you got pregnant, and now he's fucking stuck with your ass. Because you don't fucking believe in fucking abortion because you're a fucking Catholic or Christian or whatever the fuck religion you fucking Tie yourself to. He's stuck with you now. Congratulations. You can save my husband. Even though you're not fucking married because you're... I know you're fucking not. 
<laughs> because you're poor. Because you work for Uber. Because I know you can't afford a fucking wedding. Because I know you didn't dream of a fucking wedding in the fucking state of California in a fucking courtroom with your fucking cousin signing as your fucking witness. I know that's not what your dream wedding was as a fucking child. <laughs> it was some like Disney princess bullshit. But no, you got stuck in the state of California being pregnant by some motherfucker who works a part-time job at fucking Jack in the Box. Because he's fucking working on his fucking rap career where he's fucking tattooing oh, people on the fucking side as a fucking hustle and selling fucking Jordans to everybody on the fucking block. Because he doesn't have a fucking job and he's standing in line at the fucking shoe fucking palace waiting for the new Jordans to fucking drop so he can fucking sell them. He buys them for $300. He sells them for $400 and you're fucking happy because he's a fucking hustler. My husband likes a chicken sandwich. Right. Nobody gives a nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck, dude. Can you just be a fucking human being? At least for like five minutes. Can you just fucking be? Can you just be? Actually? Yeah. Can you just be? Actually? Can you have your own opinion about the hey, chickens? How refreshing. How refreshing. Jesus fuck. How refreshing. God damn it. You know what? Every fucking single time, every single time that I have been approached by someone and it's happened, I don't mean to boast about it, but I'm pretty fucking awesome. You know, um, every single time that it's happened in my experience, there's been someone that's like, holy shit, dude. Um, fuck. Um, it that's pretty refreshing. You being a human being, um, I'm gonna share this um very quickly in passion and in passion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in passing, um, it was just uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in my workplace. I'm being the way that I think that it is expected to be, where I'm like fielding these like requests, and I'm saying. Absolutely not a problem. Of course, I got you. Not a problem right away. Of course, just let me dispatch that immediately. It's my pleasure. Oh, he's really nice. He wants to fuck me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to forego that portion of it. I'm going to go down to the deepest um, absolute fucking value of it. This guy's just a nice guy, man. Fuck. And I'm met with Holy shit That's refreshing You are like So cordial And so like professional That that's Refreshing My immediate response to this is Oh fuck Um Was that not a requirement? Cause like <laughs> uh, I, I missed the whole point. Yeah. If that if that wasn't a requirement, I missed the whole fucking point. I'm just being I'm just trying to be a fucking human being. And that's refreshing. Well. Fuck. Isn't it? Fuck. I'm just I'm just trying to be a fucking human being. Man, that's refreshing. I totally wish that like other people were um, human being. 
I wish my husband was like that. <laughs> Are you married? Okay. It had nothing to do with me being like um, myself. Yeah, no. But, You're married? Well, oh, cool. But okay, we're fucking in the um, midst of this conversation then. Yeah. Apparently, I have to have a conversation about how other people are not like human beings, actually. Right? Was that not a requirement? Did I miss something? Did I miss a memo? Because am I doing too much or something? What the fuck? Yeah, people aren't nice without a motive, apparently. <laughs> Which usually be- the motive becomes wanting to fuck them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Immediately. Right. right. Like, oh, right. You're, you're you're nice. He must want to fuck me. Right. Yeah, he's really kind and professional. He must want to fuck me. This bitch really nice to me real quick. Mm-hmm. She must really want to slobber on my dick. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, like, I mean, like they do, you know, I'm not trying like, I'm not, oh, for I'm, sure. not I'm also not trying to discredit. I mean, I'm not want to start a conversation unless I have some <laughs> fucking ulterior motive. For sure. I'm not above that. But unless you look like fucking Shrek, <laughs> then I'm just being kind. And please understand who you are and what you look like. In it's the middle of a conversation, at least. It's uh, not have even. Have some fucking self fucking reflection. It's your... not even Fiona. It's Shrek. No, it's Shrek. It's Shrek. It's always fucking Shrek that brings this about because Fiona sometimes is actually a fucking princess and is kind too. <laughs> Yeah, and and she also understands her position, right? As well, Shrek's, uh, yeah, yeah, no, he he thought he could get Fiona, and he fucking did, apparently. Oh God, am I Fiona in this? I don't know, dude. It, it's just again, non sequitur bullshit that has nothing to do with the conversation. Just. At the basis of fucking conversation, a non sequitur does not belong in the fucking conversation. Yes. If you evoke your fucking husband or this or that. You know, also, if I was with somebody, I want them to fucking do this. You want them to Yes. Okay. If I was with somebody, be like, hey, you know what? I have a fucking boyfriend. In the middle of every fucking conversation, I don't give a fuck what the fuck it is. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Fuck this. I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say... Uh, I'm trying to see where you're going to like build your argument from there. I don't have an argument now yeah, because I if I was with somebody, that. I want them to tell the world that they like this. This is my property. Um, <laughs> I define my own person by characteristics of other people. I, I really think that that's like what like the problem boils down to. It's just just. God damn, be your own fucking person. Be your own person for sure. Be your own fucking person. You're your own person, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozymandias, if no one has ever told you, you're your own fucking person. Well, what do you fucking know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just fucking be your own person? I think that's the problem. Um, everybody's told you, you're your own person, but uh, da ba da ba da ba da, right? Nobody's ever told you, I think. Nobody's ever yelled in your face. (laughs) 
That's the problem. Yeah. Nobody's ever yelled in each other's face. Be your own fucking person. Is that what that is? I feel like is it. Is it the lack of personality and then they realize they don't have a personality? So they identify their personality in a fucking some sort of symbiotic state with this other fucking human being. Precisely. Like, I don't have anything to contribute to this conversation, but guess what? My husband actually probably would. He has an opinion. He has an opinion this. on this that I'm not yeah. allowed to hold because it would embarrass him in front of his fucking friends. And I'm told what to wear and how to dress and what to speak at all fucking times. So I don't have anything to contribute to this conversa- conversation other than I have a significant other that I fuck because we kind of look alike and that's the only basis of our relationship is we kind of look alike. So we found ourselves attractive and there's, you know, basically narcissism there, you know, you're falling in love with your fucking self kind of, which is empty and fucking void. You're falling in love with fucking nothing. Um, because you are nothing. Because you are nothing. Because you stand for nothing. Because you have oh, you don't fuck. have your own fucking opinions about anything. So you invoke this person that you fucking attach yourself to like a fucking parasite and fucking bring their opinions into the fucking conversation. They have nothing to do with anything. Um, I like that. I like that. I like the fact that there's like um nothingness that complements nothingness. I like that. Yeah. That's very poetic. Is it? Absolutely it is. Yeah. It's an it's a nothingness that completely symbiotes and uh fills in the gaps between nothingness. Yeah. Um exactly producing nothingness. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if there's any evidence of that, is there fucking moron fucking children <laughs> occupying all the fucking public school system and bringing down the fucking overall fucking grading system because they're fucking morons <laughs> oh fuck me tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> But a lot of these fucking children are fucking born from moron fucking parents and they're fucking morons to, to the end of their fucking life until they procreate with another fucking moron and create more moron fucking children. It's until they meet someone that exactly fulfills the nothingness with the nothingness that they embody. Ugh. I um, I think that the concept of a nothingness fulfilled is uh, quite poetic and uh, they don't understand this and and philosophical yeah i'm sure they gave a lot of thought when they were (laughs) fucking this fucking nothing there's nothing poetic about this because they don't understand poetry you want to fucking quote any fucking any any fucking poetry to them they're gonna fucking fall asleep and talk about Fucking Fox News or Telemundo or whatever the fuck is I, on TV. I, I, I practice this. I practice this daily. I practice this um insanely fucking um frustrating uh exercise daily. Mm-hmm. I try my best because I'm nothing. I'm a, I'm nothing well. assimilated from the accumulation of nothingness. 
trying to invoke nothingness into nothingness. So um, with that practice, I try to, and and it's just like it's 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 pearls before swine, man. There's a concerted effort to create something from nothing, right? In your part, yeah. And I feel like in my part too, because they come from nothing. Correct. Uh, we're but we're actively trying to create something from nothing, and then there's the people that you in, interact with every fucking day that have completely succumbed to the nothingness and just accepted it as part of their daily life and they will tell you well you know fucking god made us poor and not unfortunately god made us handsome and not rich huh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. fuck you it's it's a well it's a well fuck you it's a well uh we get to deal with the well where we get to um just um, co- continuously and arduously pour into with it never being filled, uh, apparently. <laughs> I'm not going to fill it. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to put my dick into nothing. <laughs> so get the fuck over yourself. I don't give a shit about your boyfriend or your husband. And... I don't give a shit about you, to be honest. I'm just <laughs> passing time here, waiting for my fucking order of fucking tacos at fucking <laughs> King Taco because they take for fucking ever to fucking fulfill an order because nobody there gives a shit. It's tacos, bro. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. How the fuck are you going to wait 30 minutes for fucking tacos? So I'm there waiting fucking 30 minutes for fucking tacos and I'm. There's this fucking bitch there fucking waiting 30 minutes for fucking tacos. And I'm like, hey, we have 30 minutes to kill. Let's talk about the fucking weather. Yeah. Okay. Your husband. Fuck. What the fuck? Where the hey, fuck is he? Actually, yeah, that's what I was going to say right now. <laughs> I was going to say, like, holy shit. Actually, sometimes that guy is, he sounds pretty cool sometimes. No, he's at home. <laughs> Sometimes. He's at home unemployed doing shit. Playing fucking Call of Duty. He's on my friends list yeah. on the fucking Activision <laughs> network. Don't trip. I know all about your man. Yeah, he likes to drop the end bomb. <laughs> For sure. He's always top of prison, apparently. <laughs> fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, every once in a while, um, there's there's one that's actually a little bit interesting and um i'll just i'll just kind of behold that as a gem like you know what your husband sounds actually like a cool guy and um he and you don't deserve him <laughs> well i've never kept the conversation going long enough as soon as the uh, my husband drops i like turn the other way and ignore this bitch because i don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck that you're having sex. Honestly. Like, it's disgusting, actually. If I'm thinking about it, it's fucking repulsive. You must fucking smell during fucking sexual intercourse. I mean, there's a few of these people that I look at, definitely. And they go, somebody's fucking that. Or if they have, like, little renditions of themselves. Somebody fucked that. 
Holy shit, can you believe it? Somebody everybody, fucked that without throwing up in everybody? the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the fourth year lineup, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fourth beer in our lineup today. Fourth beer in our lineup. <laughs> this is another variant of the Speedway Stout from Il Smith Brewing Company. This is decadent, roasty, and chocolate. Uh, for the special edition of our signature Imperial Stout, we are inspired to feature ingredients from our neighbors to the south. We use comforting trial trio. Sorry, a comforting trio of Mexican dark chocolate, sea salt, and Mexican coffee to give the beer delectable notes of cacao and dark fruit, a subtle touch of cinnamon, and a kiss of roasty earthiness. This is the Imperial Sour brewed with Mexican dark chocolate, sea salt, and Mexican coffee. This comes in at a 12% ABV. Fuck yeah. These guys are fucking us up to the aren't they? Uh, I guess so, dude. Um, I, I really didn't... Uh, I, I, I don't think that... I really understood what we we're in for here. Yeah. Because at this point, um, holy mother. I, I'm 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 a little tipsy, dude. I'm a little toasty. fucked up. Yeah, I'm a little toasty. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and I have a whole sixteen ounce can, like a whole ass sixteen ounce can ahead of me right here. Yeah. That's at twelve percent. Holy fuck, this is quite a lineup. And I got to thank A.L. Smith for providing this. Um, I also have to uh, be grateful that I didn't incorporate the regular um, Speedway style at the beginning of this. True. We were able to enjoy uh, IPA that was at 7%, all fucking around, all like, you know, fucking whimsical and shit. Uh, we don't get any kind of whimsy at 12% ABV. We get fucking punchy, big, fourth front, up front flavor. Yep. And uh, I'm glad we started it off on, on a light note because the whole goddamn thing is a gauntlet. This thing is a gauntlet, dude. And uh, the last one that we're facing here is something that just hit the shelves. So keep your eyes peeled for this. This is the variant of the Speedway Stout that is... The most fresh for you to enjoy. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Let's do the damn thing, man. This is all poured out. This is looking decadent like every other fucking beer we've had today. Uh, the head is fucking incredible. It's tacky. It's fucking retaining fucking well. It looks like a fucking chocolate pudding on top of the fucking beer. Jesus. Um, Holy fuck, dude. Let's get some smelling notes to this. Let's do it. Okay, all right. Um, this this isn't actually as punchy as 
as I perceived it to be. When you're talking about like Mexican chocolate, I want I want a certain very specific flavor profile, mm-hmm. and I want that to be resounding. And I'm I'm not quite sure I'm getting that here on the nose. No, a lot of the flavors are really muted. It's very died down. There's a little bit of roast, a little bit of chocolate, but it's not overpowering in the like olfactory senses. I'm I'm actually wondering whether um whether the aging of this is really doing favors for every other adjunct that has been introduced because um this this specific uh variant of the speedway stout yeah is the one that's the the newest okay it's, it's the one that just hit the shelves so um i want to say that we're enjoying like a canning that's like uh three weeks old a month old something like that whereas uh the madagascar vanilla and the mostro coffee coconut we were enjoying things that were months aged into it. Gotcha. And I'm really wondering if the Alesmith Speedway Stout variant lineup is suffering from just let it fucking do its thing for a while before you enjoy it. Um, I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm looking at a rendition of the Speedway Stout that has a big rocky foamy head but i'm not quite getting all of these flavors that i'm excited to experience right on the nose i'm thinking bams from no clue fuck yeah i'm expecting point. something like that mm-hmm. barrel age mexican mocha stout yeah i want something with coffee i want something with dark cacao i want something with toasted fucking malt i want something with dark punchy fruity flavor profile yep and um it, it's kind of it, it's kind of not doing that on the nose not yet i'm wondering if they're going to be sneaking it in and um i'm excited to get right into this cheers brother cheers I need a second swig. Mexican chocolate and Mexican coffee is a very specific flavor profile that you um, set your aim to. If you're going to hone in on that, if you're going to fucking dead center, motherfuck, you have big shoes to fill, actually, at this point. Holy shit, Speedway Stout. You're a great beer. I'm, I'm not convinced. Not quite yet. There's a warmth that's coming from this 
that's giving me uh, an impression of what Mexican hot chocolate is supposed to do. I want a little bit of spice. I want a little bit of cinnamon to it. I want this like dark chocolate kick. I want this like beautiful bitter chocolate kick to it. It's it's it just it's kind of not really really evoking those notes for me so far. I mean, there's definitely a chocolate presence, but it's, I can't really say that it's a Mexican chocolate. It's not. There's a coffee presence, but I can't say it's Mexican coffee. It's not. You know, when you, you talk about Mexican coffee, you're talking about café de olla. A huevo. And café de olla is all fucking cinnamon, bro. Right. And they're talking about adding cinnamon to this. They're, what does it say? Uh... Ingredients from neighbors to the south. We infuse comforting Mexican dark chocolate, sea salt, Mexican coffee, cacao, and subtle touch of cinnamon. Where's the cinnamon, bro? I mean, like hardly anything that you put on the label is really translating ultimately. Um, I want to tell you that I want... I, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to tell you that I'm experiencing um, Mexican dark chocolate. I want to tell you that I'm experiencing sea salt i want to tell you i'm experiencing mexican coffee right um yeah no i'm gonna be left to search for these things or i'm gonna be left uh thinking that i should have less i should have left this in its can for a few months and maybe then i'll experience these flavor profiles um, that's what's happened with the Madagascar, uh, vanilla espresso. That's what happened with the coconut Molstra coffee. And this is so fresh on the shelf that I'm a little worried that we haven't given it enough time to develop into what we're expecting. But at the same rate, I should get some kind of essence of these um, boastful flavors, right? Mexican coffee isn't subtle. It is very in your face. It is very fucking, um, you, you, you want spice, you want cinnamon, you want sugar, you want sweetness, you want roast. It's all there. But for this rendition, this variant of the Speedway style, I feel like it's missing something. It's missing an essence of everything that you told me that I'm supposed to expect from this. If you put it on the fucking label, put it inside of the fucking can. This is God damn. I don't know what I don't want to shit on Alesmith because they've been good to us so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've been killer. It might be like you said, the aging process of this, this is fresh. As opposed to everything we've had tonight, it's been right. sitting around for about a year. Correct. Give or take. Um, maybe the flavors haven't developed. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But if 
You're having this at the brewery. If you're going to Alesmith, you're going to fucking San Diego and having it off the tap. I don't expect it to be aged nine months, nine, ten months. No shit. You I want to enjoy it for its essence right now. Right? Exactly. And it's not giving us what they promise. It, there's no Mexican chocolate. There's no uh, Mexican coffee. There's none of that. It's just, it's a very decadent beer. It's a very decadent stout. It's a fucking beautiful fucking stout, but it's not Mexican. I want this to fucking say, arriba, 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 andale. <laughs> and it's not doing that for us. It's just it's just a fucking stout. It's a fucking variant of the the Speedway stout. Yes, because it's not the Speedway stout, but it's it's not Mexican either. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, a little disappointing on Alesmith. Uh, I can't rate this low because it's a great fucking stout. The ABV is incredible. The fucking taste is incredible. There's still chocolate. There's still coffee. There's still all the little notes that we're talking about, but it's not Mexican. I don't know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. It Um, doesn't stink of poverty and and (laughs) ignorance like it should. Um, yeah, dude, totally. Um, I'm, I'm actually finding something very, very familiar with this. And it's the fact that, um, I've already encountered one of these where I, I, I'm so excited to have it that I haven't let it develop. And when I didn't let it develop, I had it as soon as I saw it and none of those uh, awesome flavor prof- profiles were there, so uh, I'm. I guess I'm cautious on my rating today with this. I'm cautious because I I kind of feel like if we give this about six months, it might get to where we want it to be or where we imagine it to be, because. Everything else in the Speedway variant lineup has done exactly that. It was. It did. But I'm wondering now if we rated those too high. Because if you're going to go to Alesmith, if you're going to go to San Diego and have it off the tap, you're not getting something aged an extra nine months. You're not having something aged an extra six, seven months, whatever we aged those other ones for. You know, you're having something... At the most is what we're having now. It's been sitting there for a month, maybe less, poured right off the tap. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I feared this would happen. Yeah. Um, I feared that maybe we didn't give Alesmith enough time. Mm. to really kind of boast those flavor profiles with their Mexican dark chocolate and Mexican coffee. But here we are. Um, I think that I think that in the base beer, we have a phenomenal uh, imperial style that's going to be able to like surmount the likes of uh, coconut, cinnamon, chocolate, coffee, Anything else. Alesmith 
You want to put pumpkin into this shit? Oof. You want to put, um, like, just so many different variants and adjuncts into this? You can do that nowadays. Some cactus, bro. <laughs> I mean, you can do anything with this nowadays. Honestly, Ailsmith, I think that you've proven to us that not only did you set precedent in a base beer, in a base beer of, like, Imperial style, you're not even fucking um, pretentious and putting this into barrels yet. What the fuck are you doing, Ailsmith? Where are your barrel-aged versions of these? You're you're not pretentious in this. You're just trying to fuck with different adjuncts and pairing them with your very successful signature imperial stout recipe. You guys are doing wonders. And um, <clears throat> big respect from the craft beer community that's been following this shit forever. The Imperial Style with Mexican Dark Chocolate and Mexican Coffee falls a little short from the standard and the metric that you guys set for on the can. But um, we had 10s behind this. Uh, I, I, I'm ready to rate this. This is going to be a 9 for me, dude. Um, Same here. I really hate to downgrade them because this is the last beer of the lineup. It, it was kind of like we propped this up to be the best one. And I thought it would be, but um, freshness doesn't seem to be translating too well. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, really, because uh, when it comes to dark beer, age really imparts, holy fuck, motherfuck. And um, I think that we're a little bit of like a victim to that at this point, but Everything else we've featured from Alesmith has been incredible. I'm sure that this is going to do well, maybe like six to nine months down the line. At the moment, fresh off the fucking shelf, it's a nine for me. Nine for me as well. I think I mentioned that was the nine-month aging thing. Um, the only thing that's keeping me from the 10 here, this is an incredible beer. But the only thing keeping me from a 10 is I'm picturing myself going down to San Diego, going to the fucking tap room, having some fucking Mexican fucking stout variant of their Speedway stout, and then having it fresh off the fucking tap and getting what we're having today. You know, um, I don't picture them aging it any longer than they've aged it. So the reason why the predecessors today were extremely rounded off was because they were aged incidentally to us building a lineup <laughs> there you go um so i don't know i don't know this is a nine for me but potential for fucking 10 because let's age this a couple months a year let me see where where you're at in a year with this hopefully all the flavors have rounded off. You're going to showcase some cinnamon. You're going to showcase some Mexican chocolate. But for now, you're missing all the Mexican. Uh, nine for me. Holy fuck. 
This has been an entire episode of Ailsmith. Not not an entire episode. I'm glad. I'm glad it hasn't been an entire episode of Ailsmith Speedway Stouts variants. Fuck. Yeah, I'm 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 drunk. <laughs> but hey. Coherent. Am I? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just said, but hey, and they had nothing to follow it with. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Perfect. <laughs> Dude, if it, if this was like through and through, all in all, um, Speedway style, uh, fuck me. Somebody needs to fucking um, scoop our fucking bodies off of the floor mm-hmm. for sure. I'm super glad that we had an AZ, a hazy IPA to start this motherfucking train wreck off with. But we really have encapsulated everything that goes into a Speedway Stout and everything that a Speedway Stout can be. I think so. Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure that we're going to run into an episode where we have a full episode of Speedway Stout variants that are different from what we have experienced here. And that's the whole fucking point. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't that the essence of this? Well, I'm looking forward to that episode and hopefully we don't get this drunk. I'm pretty sure that we're going to do exactly that. Well, yeah. Well. I'm pretty sure that Aelsmith is going to be unwavering of their ABV. Yeah. And they're going to keep 12%. There. I don't know, dude. They are listening to our episodes. They're going to be like, true, hey, true. we got these guys drunk. We Let's tone uh, it down a bit. Maybe. Uh, mercy? You, you know? think yeah. mercy? Mercy. I seriously doubt yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to episodes where we feature A.L. <laughs> Smith Speedway Style at a 14 or 15 oh, ABV. I want this shit in barrels. God. I want this shit in barrels, yeah, bro. At that point, we split a bottle <laughs> instead yeah. of 16 ounce cans for to each, each of, of us. us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's usually the case. Anything over 10% is usually split. Yeah. And no. then today it was like, mm, no. If it comes in a 16 ounce can, I'm going to fucking give each of us that. Yeah. I think that's kind of the rule here. Mm-hmm. But also, Alesmith, dude, just kind of like. Uh, mercy. mercy, put this, put this in, in a no fucking mercy, no, no. barrel. No mercy, no, no mercy, no. Mercy, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> As winds of plague uh, <laughs> aptly put it, no mercy, no, no mercy, no, for sure, dude. <laughs> um, Alesmith, put this into barrels. Make this something that we could split a bottle of at like 14.5 ABV. Something like that. Um, Make this bourbon barrel age. Make this barrel aged in any fucking capacity that you can. Because you have the room to do so. I want wood introduced to this. I want complexities of like oak and a vanilla added from wood. I want this like... Sweet, big, boastful, fucking roasty, aromatic profile added to with barrel. And I look forward to that. And until then, this has been Wasted Content, episode 83. 
I am Anthropos. And I am still Rufio, apparently. <laughs> Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Rufio. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>